Praise be to God. Good evening, church. Brethren. Christ people. Man of God. And uh, good evening to our visitors. It has been, uh, once again, it was, it was been, once again to stand here in, in the front of front of the congregation and I uh, trust God for his wonderful uh, kindness, goodness and of his love and I praise God for, for tonight I've seen the wonderful people of God in this place wherein we Proclaim His goodness wherein we were having a fellowship with Him. And I believe it is a gift of God for us. Not uh, doing some uh, or going to some other worldly place but here in this place. Glory to His name. Our general theme uh, for uh, for today uh, for this month is ended this Sunday, and uh, I uh, entitled it uh, "Without Love We Are Nothing." And if we uh, open our book in Galatians chapter five, verse twenty-two, it says. Uh, La, uh, what's that? <coughs> Praise be to God. It is uh, Apostle Paul who speaks about the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And Paul says, uh, But the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But that is not our text. Then, the very first word that Apostle Paul mentioned is love. And that's where we will uh, concentrate on this uh, topic, which is love. And as we consider it, we realize that we live in a world that talks a lot about and glorifies the subject of love. But too often, real love is missing. And as a result, people are looking for love in all the wrong places. So the church needs to become a beacon and an oasis of love in a love-served world. Love, love, and love. This is what our world needs. But the world is often mixed up when it comes to love. But first, let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, 
we uh, ask your guidance of God, your Holy Spirit, as we acknowledge, Lord, your Holy Presence tonight. We welcome, Lord, your Holy Spirit. Lord, I ask, I ask Lord, your forgiveness, whatever filthiness that you have seen in my life, forgive me, Lord, so that this event will be successful. Just use, Lord, my mouth, and I ask, Lord, your double anointing power of God, so that your word may be proclaimed, Lord, in the presence of your people in this congregation. Thank you, Lord, for this day. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Praise be to God. As we read the text in First uh, Corinthians chapter 1, First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1 to 13. If you follow me, I will read it. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clinging symbol. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Life does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I thought like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now 
these three remain faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Praise be to God for His word. Then, so, in this love, we will concentrate for this particular word. Now, we are going to look at a new part of our understanding of love. And it is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. And it says, Love is patient. Church, God is telling us that uh, if we are willing to have a viable and growing relationship, the first thing we need is patience. Is that uh, surprising? But uh, it doesn't surprise me. Why would God know that? He had several thousand years of needing patience in His relationship with us. More than two thousand years of His patience. In verse Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14, it says, Be patient with everyone. Be patient with everyone. I'm sure some of you are thinking that is uh, impossible. Well, I cannot do it. How can I be a patient with everybody? The reason we are impatient with others is because we misunderstand them. Our Apostle Paul tells us to be patient with everyone, we all think that is impossible. To dwell about with those we love, that will be glory. To dwell below with those we know, that is another story. In Timothy chapter 1 verse 16 it says, it was shown mercy, so that in me, the whole sinner, Christ might display his unlimited patience. I'm sure if anybody understand or understood the patience of God, it was for Paul, Apostle Paul. You know, everybody knows Apostle Paul. He was a martyr, and he helped martyr. Stephen and many others. And Paul believed that God turned him around to show his unlimited patience. So we believe that patience is a very important thing when it comes to love. Sometimes uh, we we are we look 
for the problems in our family, we become impatient. If it's our children, but it requires patience to love all these people around us. Another thing is love is kind. I read about a story uh, about a preacher who saw a good-looking man trying to hitchhike a ride on a dismal stormy day. So while uh, his car passing to that uh, day, to that street, there was a hitchhiker. So in good faith, he uh, he stopped his car and let the hitchhiker to come in on his in his car. Then. Uh, when the hitchhiker identified himself as a pickpocket who had just been released from the penitentiary, so he is uh, a pickpocket. So he was just released from the penitentiary, and so uh, he just. Uh, uh, take that uh, man and when when the preacher began to be a bit apprehensive in his uneasiness maybe he is uh, become worried when he, when he learned that he, that man is a pickpocket so he became careless in his driving and he ran the uh, stop sign and uh, of course the policeman saw him and immediately pulled him over and ordered both men out of the car so the driver of the picture and the uh, hitchhiker uh, come out of the car after questioning them the policeman pulled out his notebook, wrote a note on the ticket, and handed it to the preacher. So the policeman gave the ticket to the uh, driver or the preacher. Now, then he put the notebook in his pocket and got back into his patrol car and drove off so the police got away the uh, preacher didn't say much he didn't say much but just drove to the spot where he was to let off the hitchhiker as he got out the big pocket turned to the preacher and said well uh, how great you are. Thank you and for being so kind to me. And I believe uh, that one kind did deserve another. Then he put out 
his pocket, the policeman book of tickets, and gave it to the teacher. Now, I'm not sure what the moral lesson of that story should be, but I'm convinced that it is good to be kind because sometimes kindness produces a great dividend. Praise be to God. Another thing is love does not envy. And what is uh, envy means? In James chapter 3, verse 16, it says, For where you have the envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. If you attend, if you look in the Webster Dictionary, envy means is a feeling of antagonism towards someone because of some good which is which he is enjoying, but which once one does not have oneself, accommodating for oneself of the good which someone else is enjoying. In other words, envy is, is saying, I like what you've got. I don't like the fact that you have it, and I want it. Then another is love, it does not boast. It is not self-promoting. Love doesn't desire to show off. Love make it no parade. It is only, uh, it needs humbleness within our heart. Love isn't self-exalting. It's not puffed up. I'm better than others. Next comparison. Inflated ideas of his own importance. The Corinthians had no monopoly on pride through through the same two. The verb Pisho occurs only seven times in in uh, uh, New Testament. And some are found in, in the letters. You see, that also isn't true. In First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, it said, That not helps itself unseemly. Apostle Paul may have had in mind the way an arrogant, loveless, proud, self-exalting individuals treat his neighbor. Proud and loving people are users and abusers. Also love isn't self-seeking. Seek it not her own. Preoccupied with I and me. He does not grasp for his own insight or his own rights. He doesn't put down his neighbor by elevate, elevating himself. In, uh, in Filipino, we call it, uh, you know, 
the Talanka uh, mentality or uh, uh, what do you call that? The, the crab mentality. Once uh, you are in the basket, once the other crab is uh, already on the top, then one is coming up and pull, pull it down. That's why you call Filipino having crab, crab mentality, but not all like that. But, uh, <coughs> you see, it's something which uh, it needs uh, uh, God uh, guidance or uh, uh, we, we need to uh, learn more about the Word of God. It's something that once we read those things, sometimes it's just like our inner inner self. And I believe God will do the best for us. Now, it, uh, as I read in, uh, in 1964, there is Italian Monti and Sergio Ciorpais. They were heavily favored in the two-month event, but as they awaited their second run, the likely regarded biggest team of Tony Nass and Robin Dixon was in a state of despair. Maybe we don't know these people. After a sensational first run, they slept. their sled had broken an axle bolt, and it seemed certain they would have to drive out. Uh, this man, Monty, his second one, already completed, acted swiftly. He's, he split the ball from his own sled and offered it to Nas. In one of the greatest upsets in the history of the Olympic, the British team went on to win the gold medal, while a sportman like Monty finished only third because of what he done. Instead of uh, he occupied already the, the uh, almost uh, the 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 first round, but uh, he he stopped and uh, he stopped his leg and offered the axle bolt to to other guy. Now four years four years, four years later, Monty drove both his two and four months legs to Olympic victory. Praise be to God. You know that God, uh, all things work together for good to those who love Christ. I know and I believe that God uh, uh, touched uh, this man, Monty. Another thing, God is uh, irritable. It is not easily to walk it means doesn't have a short use. It doesn't get angry and the slightest provocation. A other person is not touchy. You don't have to be careful not to open, like walking on eggshells. There is in uh, there was a Maranatha magazine carrying the following humorous story of criticism. The wife of a hard-to-please husband was determined to try her best to satisfy him for just one day. Tell him, she asked, 
What would you like for breakfast this morning? He growled. Well, uh, I want coffee and toast, grapes and sausage, and two eggs, one scramble, and one fried. She soon had the food on the table and waited for a water place. After a quick glance, the man explained, explained, Well, if you didn't scramble the whole egg, so instead of uh, giving uh, him, uh, giving her a uh, uh, good uh, uh, humorous response, say, oh, uh, I love you, I love your food, honey. Thank you very much. But uh, he gave the criticism. So, man and wife, remember, love isn't irritable. The next one is love isn't bitter. Think it no evil. Logisomai. It's a term that was sometimes used by the bookkeepers. Logosim, logos, logisomai. I once heard this word to Brother Eugene. It may carry the idea of keeping in nature. When God is present, we don't keep a scorecard. It doesn't become bitter. You see, even the most devoted couple will experience a stormy boat once in a while. A grandmother celebrating her golden wedding anniversary once told the secret of her long and happy marriage. Oh, now, on my wedding day, she said, I decided to make a list of ten of my husband's own, which, for the sake of our marriage, I would overlook, she said. Then a guest asked the woman what some of the quotes she had chosen to overlook the husband. The grandmother replied, To tell you the truth, my dear, I never did get around to listing them. But whenever my husband did something that made me hoping mad, I would say to myself, lucky for him, that's one of the ten. You see. Also, that isn't jubilant in tragedy. In First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 6, it says, Rejoice not in iniquity. You don't have to be uh, rejoice whenever people uh, are having a mess in his uh, in his dress or in his uh, own uh, way. Love is jubilant in triumph but rejoice in the truth. And, and 
This is a good one. Love is protective. It directs all things. It means to prevent the storm from getting at those who are on the inside of the building and keeps them dry and warm. Love has eyelids as well as eyes. Uh, an example of this is uh, uh, those chicken or a hen. Once uh, an enemy comes comes to to the chicks, immediately uh, she open uh, her wings and and he these uh, chicks. And sometimes she she fight. Let's say if a dog run. To to the to the chicks, he fight he fight to the attackers. No, I I know you heard about Joe Paterno. That's why he now I, I understand why he he loved by uh, uh, the people around him and the people who, who knows him. Uh, it's so sad that uh, he, he just died uh, a, week, a week ago. A week ago. Now, this Joe Paterno is a coach, a well-known coach. And several years ago, uh, Joe Paterno and his Penn State football team were playing uh, in Alabama, Alabama in, in the Sugar Bowl for the national championship. They probably would have won, but they had a touchdown called back because there was a 12th man on the field. After the game, Paterno was asked to identify the player. And you know what Coach Paterno says? Well, it's only a game. I have no intention of ever identifying the boy. He just made a mistake. As I read this, I realized why they love Joe Paterno because of his uh, uh, kindness, his goodness. He's overprotective to his uh, uh, people, especially to his players. Now, love is trusting. Love is trusting. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7, it says, Believe all things, believe all things, hope all things, endure all things, always believe the best about someone believes they are innocent until proven guilty. Sometimes women, hello women, are overly suspicious of their husband. Is it right? Say amen if it is right. <laughs> uh, when Adam stayed out very late for a few nights. Eve 
became upset. This is uh, uh, Old Testament time. When Adam stayed out very late for a few nights, Eve became upset. You're running around with other women, she said. And Adam says, you're being unreasonable. Adam replied, you're the only woman on earth. That the quarry continued until Adam fell asleep. Only to be awakened by someone which is uh, ill, poking him in the chest. It was ill. What do you think you're doing? Adam demanded. Well, I'm just counting your ribs, said he. You see, that's why it says, uh, <coughs> a woman are overly suspicious. Now that is hopeful. Hope in all things in spite of disappointment in others. It keeps its eye on the prospect of a good outcome. Some of the greatest success stories of history have followed a word of encouragement or an act of confidence by a loved one or a trusting friend. Had it not been for a confident wife like Sophia, we might not have listed among the great names of literature the name of Nathaniel Hawthorne. When Nathaniel, a heartbroken man, went home and to tell his wife he was a failure and had been fired from his job in a costume house. She surprised him with an ex exclamation of joy. Instead of uh, uh, maybe negative uh, response that he has no that he was kicked out in his job, the wife uh, she was the, she she was surprised. With an uh, exclamation of joy. So now she said triumphantly, "You can write your book. Don't worry of being uh, your kick out in, in your job. Just uh, you can write your book." Then yes, replied the man with sudden confidence. And what shall we wait on a while while I'm writing it? Of course, they need the financial uh, uh, support or uh, what uh, shall uh, the things that they, uh, they need uh, in day-to-day -day, uh, basis. They need the food, maybe the, uh, uh, the clothing. If uh, the children is uh, in school, what they need financial uh, support. 
To his amazement, the wife opened a drawer and pulled out a substantial amount of money. Where on earth did you get that? said uh, the man. I have always known you were a man of genius, he told him. I knew that someday you would, you would write a masterpiece. So I took it out of the money you gave me for housekeeping. I saved a little bit. So here is enough to last for one whole year. The money that he, that she kept. From her trust and confidence came out, came one of the greatest numbers of American literature which is the Scarlet Letter, and he is the author. When most people who achieve great things in their lives tell their own stories, they mention also those who encourage them along the way. Praise to God. Now, the last one is love is injury. Which means endures without limit. A minister was speaking to a Sunday school, Sunday school class about the things, about money. Money cannot buy. Uh, so the uh, minister speaking to to the uh, children. And he said, it cannot buy uh, laughter, it cannot buy love, he told them. Driving his phone, he said, and he has a question to the children. What would you do if I offered you $1,000 not to love your mother and father? Everybody stand silence and shoot. And finally, a small voice heard at the back and asked, How much you would give me not to love my big sister? So, it's because of money. Now, lastly, Jesus even exhibited love to those who were strangers. Who couldn't follow the way of Bible? According to Mark chapter 10 verse 21, when a rich young man came to him, Jesus looked at him and loved him. He, and even though the ruler, the ruler didn't do what Jesus said, even though he wasn't perfect, Jesus loved him. He loved us when we were even yet sinners unconditionally before we did anything, said anything, did anything. He loved us and gave his life for us on the cross. For God saw the world, God's love is not unconditional, not, it is not only unconditional but is also versatile. 
God loves and accepts each of us just the way we are. He loves us enough to leave us that, that way. But He challenges us to grow in His love. And He gives us the privilege of demonstrating our gratitude to Him by loving each other in the same way. Love is more important than spiritual gifts. More important than knowledge and prophecy. More important than faith. More important than generous fighting. Uh, and more important than all the things that you might accomplish for the kingdom of God. And all we need is love. And without, without it, we are nothing. We have nothing. Love overcomes all. And it is the greatest of all. We don't need a commercial or a climbing symbol to tell us that. We have the life of Christ who demonstrated active and a very real love. Praise be to God. Glory to His name. Amen.